All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome into Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's going on? Welcome into a Friday, June 23rd edition of Daily Faceoff Live. He's former NHL netminder, current Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. Mike, happy Friday. What's going on? Happy Friday to you. Spent it on the slab this morning, so it's a good one. You ready to rock today, Frank? Yep. Uh, it's been a quiet week somewhat from an NHL transaction standpoint, but plenty to talk about today on Daily Faceoff Live, which is brought to you as always by Botano. Check out their award-winning app, which is state-of-the-art. Hundreds of betting options for events. Try their same-game parlays with BetBuilder and live in-game betting with the most competitive odds on the market. Botano.ca. The game starts now. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Mike, let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's start with the Calgary Flames. Thursday was a tough day to be a Flames fan. Probably an even tougher day to be Flames general manager Craig Conroy. Just a few weeks onto the job and has a, pardon the pun, full-blown four-alarm fire on his hands as he's now trying to sift through exactly what to do next as there is the potential for a mass exodus to come. We talked about on yesterday's show, Elias Lindholm, Michael Backlund, as well as Noah Hannafin, all leaning at this moment in time, we're told, toward not re-signing with the Flames. And then to add another log onto the pile yesterday, that would be Tyler Toffoli adding his name into the mix. Toffoli, sources say, has asked the Flames for a trade. Has it been quite as specific a request from the other three guys that are on the list, Mike? But when you look at this situation, what should Craig Conroy do next? 
Well, I don't think he has much of a choice. If these players want to go, recoup the most assets you possibly can. But the hard part, Frank, is that you still have Jonathan Huberto and Nazem Kadri tied up for a long time that are going to be your you know, top-line players. How does Conroy backfill the center ice position? If Lindholm and Backlund both take off, the center market as UFA is very thin. The trade market, I mean, like Pierre-Luc Dubois, Shifley, these guys aren't coming to Calgary. I'm not sure how Conroy is going to be able to have a working lineup if he has to move these players. So if that's the case, do you just tear it down? And then you got the three-headed goalie monster. You got Jacob Markstrom. They'd probably like to move him, but hey, he's got a new movement clause. He wants to stay. Dustin Wolf should be in the NHL. Dan Vladar is getting all kinds of interest around the league at a team-friendly $2.2 million. I think all signs lead to burn it down. Get it going the other way. Even with Kadri and Guberdo, how do you get around this, Frank? How would you be able to construct a team that could possibly contend for a Stanley Cup playoff spot? I want to remind everyone that it is still possible that one of these guys changes their mind. And a Lindholm, for instance, they offer the absolute bag to, which I believe they did roll out the red carpet for him yeah, earlier he's this the week key. in an effort to convince him. It, it is possible, just so everyone knows, within the realm of possibility that he does stay. I, I still think it's unlikely, but the chance of that still exists. Here's what I would do. This is kind of goes against what Craig Conroy was saying in his introductory press conference, the idea of asset management. I would turn the tables on these guys, all of whom have a year left on their deals, and say, I might move one of you if I can find the right value this summer. And if not, everyone's coming back. And we are going to try and make the playoffs next year. And if not, I'm going to be moving guys as the season moves along. But basically put the pressure on these players to say, yeah, you're going to be a free agent one year from now. And yeah, the cap's going up. But if you don't have a great contract year, that's on you. That's not on me. And so... Let's not forget that they are under contract for one more season. As unpopular as a choice that it may be, the ability here to go in another direction still exists. And maybe you don't trade all of them because I think it's hard to trade all of them in one shot. Maybe you find the best value that you can for Noah Hannafin, for instance. And then there's also still like a trickle-down effect question that needs to be asked of some guys that we haven't heard from yet. What about Chris Tanev? What about Nikita Zadorov? These are a couple other players still in prime positions to also be free agents one year from now that Calgary has to sift through. So real quick to wrap on this, do you think there'd be any other any pressure from other GMs for Conroy to put that foot in the in the ground here and try to tell the players, hey, pound sand for a little bit here, you guys don't have the power? As much as some would like to see it, they're way more interested in their own situation and trying to pry some of those players out of there. So mm -hmm. typically I would say from a league-wide standpoint, I'm sure someone's rooting for that, but I'd say more are rooting for those guys to, you know, for absolute chaos so that they can try and maximize the value that they get in bringing those players in. You know, as always, someone wants to throw you a lifeline that's really just disguised as an anchor. Let's talk Makes about sense. the restricted free agent market, Mike. You know, there's been so much talk about, hey, what does the UFA market look like? And we'll get to that in a second. We've talked trade targets. We've gone through the whole thing. And for the most part, when it comes to RFAs, everyone's been focused on Alex Debrinkit, Timo Meyer, and Pierre-Luc Dubois, three guys at the very top of the food chain, and for good reason as really intriguing players. 
But let's take a look at five guys that are on the RFA market. And here are contract projections from our friends at AFP Analytics. And let's look at some serious pieces of business that need to get done around the league for these teams. When you look at this board of Trevor Zegers, Vince Dunn, Troy Terry, Evan Bouchard, and Ke'Andre Miller, which one of these negotiations intrigues you the most? Well, it's Trevor Zegers because I'm not sure if he's a Pat Verbeek-style player. Hmm. Now, his skill is incredible. He's scored. He's put up points. Has he done much more than highlight real material when you look at his general impact on a game? There's still more ceiling to it. So it, does Verbeek want to commit eight years to Trevor Zegers? I'm very curious about that if it's not a short-term deal and also knowing that more are coming. So I'm not sure how that one plays out. Um, And I've also really got my eye on the Vince Dunn contract that's coming because I think that the projection at 6.5 is probably a little bit shy when you look at comparables. It's Coming off of a 60-point season? Right, and it's just that he is a little bit older. He had a huge year. It was one year. Can he replicate it? So I think Dunn is likely to be in the sevens. Uh, I, would I agree, think, especially with a Shabbat being at eight times eight. You know, it's kind of similar. So those are the two for me, um, Frank. You've got some good ones on here, though, man. Give me yours. Well, I was going to say, I wonder if you see some of these guys, a Zegris, a Terry. You know, you look at the bridge deals further down. The Oilers. You know, I think and and Rangers would love to get these guys locked up to longer term deals because I I think it's always the best thing for the team is to buy as many years as you can, and especially while the cap is where it is. But does one of these guys, maybe Terry or Zegers or someone specifically in Anaheim where they need to see a uh, rebuild come to life, do they say, I'm going to sign a bridge deal, a two year, a three year deal? that puts a little bit of security in my pocket, but I really want to cash in later when the cap's going up. Do we see start to see more players go that route as opposed to trying to sign for as much security as they can? Yeah, I think there's a good chance of that. And I mean, even though Gavrikov was older as a UFA, these RFAs are in that boat where if you get two years down, knowing escrow is going to be going away and paid off here soon and the cap's going to rise that much, two or three year deal may be a good thing. But then they got to start buying UFA years as well, right? So, yeah, if I'm a team, I mean, if I'm the Oilers, I want to lock Bouchard up as long as I can because I don't want to afford it. I don't think they can afford to right now. Yeah. That's the hard part. Like, this guy's supposed to be your linchpin, right? I think with Keandre Miller with the Rangers, it's a little easier because you still haven't seen the peak of his game, I don't think. Yeah. So, one quick thing on the RFA front before we move on to the new top 50 free agents board, which comes out uh, shortly here this afternoon on dailyfaceoff.com. I wanted to highlight one other lowercase RFA that uh, I believe is also going to be added to our next trade targets board, and that is Will Borgen. We mentioned Vince Dunn from the Kraken, but what about Will Borgen, a guy that was at 900K, and I think depending on the term of his next deal is somewhere between 275 and 325 on an AAV. There's been, I think, a lot of interest in Will Borgen that if the Kraken decide that they don't want to pay him and they don't potentially want to go down the ARB path, that Borgen is someone that you could see traded from Seattle as someone that has generated some significant interest. Um, look, a decent player. The Kraken need to decide who they want to pay and, and who they don't. Mm-hmm. And you know, for some guys that might be pay, playing third pair minutes, they they might have some value elsewhere where they could be playing higher in the lineup. So that's one name to keep an eye on. Let's tackle those top 50 free agents. New board, as mentioned, up on dailyfaceoff.com this afternoon. 
and really not a lot of significant change when it comes to the top 10. Um, Oliver Ekman Larson is the new name on the board. And I slotted him at 10, Mike, because I think there's been some real interest from teams that since he was already bought out by the Vancouver Canucks can contact his camp and begin to talk contract and what that might look like. Can't sign until July 1st, but he's a player that maybe the second scoop on this double dip is, is going to be equally as tasty getting paid for the buyout. But then also what would you do if you were in this spot? Would you take some term and security or would you go about taking a one year short money deal to maybe go and try play for a contender, bet on yourself have a playoff run and see if you can cash in even bigger next summer when the cap goes up. Yeah, I think I'd go the one-year route. And that's weird for me because I'm usually really risk-averse, Frank. But I think Ekman Larson, first off, he's got plenty of money. Okay, like it is part of it. You always want to be able to make more and build generational wealth. But I think a one-year deal could really be beneficial to him. Two or three years, I mean, he could end up getting cast off to a healthy scratch. If he goes to one on a one-year deal, plays really well, he's going to re-up his value and re-establish at a proper cap hit. So I'd go one year on him. Um, I've also looked at your top 50 here. I wonder about the center market, Frank. JT Comfer is the most attractive centerman on the market, uh, 28 years old. But it looks like the trade route might be better for some teams. So I wonder if that might even depress Comfer's value if teams could go out and trade for somebody. So I just find that very interesting with the dearth of, of centermen. You basically have Comfort and then you have Ryan O'Reilly who's older on the UFA market. So that's a piece that I have my on, have my eye on. I get where you're at and I think it's going to be really interesting to see what the abs do. Like we were talking about potential destinations for Elias Lindholm the other day and I was like, why didn't anyone mention Colorado? Like how dumb, like we know they're looking yeah. for one of those types of players. He really feels like he could be someone uh, that fits. Um, real quickly, Kevin Weeks reporting that the New Jersey Devils are closing in on a new deal, a three-year deal with the Hall of Famer, Eric Halla. Um, makes sense to me coming off of a rejuvenated year, 41 points for the Devils. And I love him in the playoffs. He's one of those guys that finds a way to elevate when it matters most. So uh, working on some details of what that three-year deal might look like for Eric Halla, but you'll start to see some uh, more players falling off the board. I think in our top 50, Halla was in that 25 range uh, as we get closer to next Saturday when free agency opens at 12 noon. Mike, let's talk NHL Board of Governors. Uh, there was a meeting yesterday held in New York and aside from the salary cap, uh, teams being advised that it is expected to be $83.5 million next season, a $1 million increase. The big news from that was that the NHL has essentially banned the idea, banned the use of specialty warm-up jerseys for next season after some of the controversy that surrounded this year. There's been all sorts of different jerseys used over the last number of years, whether it was for Pride Night or Indigenous Heritage Night or whether it was for military night, you know, hockey fights cancer, whatever it may be, those are going by the wayside. What do you make of it? Well, they're putting, I think what it comes down to is a lot of players are put in a position that they didn't like when it comes to this, because it's not just the ones who didn't wear the jersey. There were others too. Now that's catering to a minority that right now doesn't seem to be on the right side of history in my eyes. I'm sorry. That's the way I feel about it. 
Um, but I understand why the NHL is going this route because you can still have special military nights. You can have pride nights. It's just not as forward facing without having that jersey and warmups and essentially calling people out on what they're free to believe. Like in the United States and Canada, you're allowed to have your own opinions. So this is a tightrope of the highest order. I think the NHL took the easy way out on it by banning it. There's no doubt in my mind, but I think they're looking at the divisiveness and how that could have potentially hurt the bottom line. And I think that money matters to them more than anything when it comes to a cause. And that's what we're seeing. So maybe a hot take on my part, but I don't think there ever should have been specialty warm-up jerseys. That's not a hot take because I agree with you. I think it puts people in a bad position, honestly. It's not just that, but wear the freaking jersey you have for the game and, like, yeah. let's move on. Like, and you don't need a special extra kit for everyone involved to, to what? You don't wear it once yeah. the puck drops anyway. Stop. I think, you know, basically what the NHL has boiled it down to, and it's not a popular move by any stretch of the imagination, as you said, not being potentially on the right side of history. And I agree with what you're saying, but also if you want to find a way to make people feel unwelcome in your building, have a guy sit out of warmups because of that. And not only that, people end up talking about that instead of the actual cause itself. And instead of celebrating that it's, it's, Hey, look at this controversy over here. And I, it just feels like all it does is add negative. Like I can only see it going one way for the league as opposed to just yep. not having that be something to talk about. Isn't that just the easiest way is to eliminate it? Well, Obviously yeah. the league and you and I don't agree with players not wearing the pride night Jersey, but in this case, they're, they're free to do that. And that's okay. That's the, you know, the world we live in, yep. but to also force feed it and force feed the issue doesn't make a lot of sense. Hey, listen, I'm big on freedom of speech, man. Even if your speech is wrong, even if it's predicated on, you know, whatever myth you believe, like, OK, you're allowed to have those thoughts. So I don't disagree with you. I, and this is kind of a relatively new thing, man. It's only been in like the last decade. We never wore specialty warm up jerseys in my early years of my career from 2005 to 10 or whatever that I can remember, at least. So it's one of those FOMO things where it turns into a specialty jersey every single warm up. It's like, all right, let's just drop the puck and play. I think that's what it's come down to. Yeah, agreed. And before we move on and get to Michael Russo, just want to point out one thing to uh, plenty of consternation and dismay when it comes to the NHL Players Association on Friday. Uh, Marty Walsh, the new executive director of the NHLPA, appeared in front of the Board of Governors on Thursday. This is more or less unprecedented. The last time that this happened was in December of 2007, when then executive director Paul Kelly showed up. Some viewed that as the beginning of the end for Paul Kelly. He was ousted 20 months later. We know the NHLPA has a long history of eating its own. And more than that, for Marty Walsh, who came in with questions about his relationship with someone like Jeremy Jacobs, a campaign donor, and by the way, chairman of the NHL's executive committee and board of governors, to then show up at a meeting if one of the things you were sort of criticized is a potential cozy relationship with the Board of Governors and the NHL to then show up at a meeting more or less unannounced uh, certainly caught a bunch of people off guard and would seem to go in the opposite direction of what you'd be trying to guard against. And as mentioned here, the reference is kind of seen like eating ice cream with the enemy, Mike. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Marty Walsh is the employee of the NHLPA and that exec board better get their collective stuff in order here. If they've been caught out, if they've been surprised, that shouldn't happen again. 
but they're paying him to do that. So where do your allies, where are your allies on this? I think they've long been without leadership from the player side in the NHLPA. And if they want more, if they want to not be surprised, they better get more players involved and not just veterans that are in their last gasp of their career. They need young players in there too. Mm -hmm. Mention that just as something to keep an eye on. Let's get to the all 32. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You know him, you love him. He's Michael Russo. He covers the Minnesota Wild for The Athletic. And Mike, so glad to have you with us today to talk wild as part of our off-season preview. My question for you is, just how active are the Wild going to be? I know you just posted a meaty notebook on theathletic.com, <laughs> but how aggressive do you think the Wild are active? Are they going to be over the next week to 10 days? Yeah, the meatiness is uh, don't stay close to your phones and internet at, on July 1st. That was the meatiness of it. It's going to be a slow news day, I think, for the Minnesota Wild. By the way, I need to upgrade my background. Uh, you're like, you're like, Mike's in a walk-in closet, and you got the greatest background ever in uh, podcast history. <laughs> that's so. that's just because Mike Mike's wife limited all of his hockey gear. He's got nowhere anywhere else. She's like, I don't you can have the closet. That's yeah. it. I don't need my house to be a shrine to me, dude. So they put me back in the closet with yeah. all my masks and jerseys. Yeah. It's perfect. I definitely have the worst in this Zoom era. I definitely have the worst background ever. I, I, I'm told that all the time. Um, in terms of the wild, I mean, you know, Frank, they have no money. I mean, none. And right now they're in a holding pattern until they get Philip Gustafson signed. Um, it's a complicated negotiation because if they go three years, which is what they would love to do with them, you know, you're buying out a year of UFA, and right now the cap hit that, that ups the cap hit. You don't want to go two years with them. That takes them to UFA. So one year, it wouldn't shock me if that winds up being it. And I heard Overhart's trying to maximize the value of his client, that he knows full well that Jesper Wofstedt's uh, waiting in the wings to become an NHL uh, stud goalie, hopefully for the wild sake. And so he's trying to, you know, take advantage of a really good year by Gustafson, and then it's everything else goes into effect. So I'll be interested to see what happens at the draft. They've got to create some money. They have some RFAs they're probably going to trade. Uh, Kalen Addison might be one of them. The fact that Brandon Duhame, which shouldn't be too hard of a comp, uh, of a of negotiation, isn't signed yet, um, puts him vulnerable to a trade as well. 
um, John Merrill. The one guy that I think is going nowhere is Alex Goligoski. Uh, they met uh, a couple weeks ago to see if Alex wanted to waive his no move and maybe get a fresh start somewhere else. And I do think that Alex made the decision that he'd like to stay here. Um, so right now they just, unless there's a shocking trade coming down the pike, um, I, I just don't see a lot of uh, maneuvering. And, and then, you know, the, the cap hit is the cap hit, and there's just not a lot to do on July 1. So I do wonder what's going to happen with goaltenders because it was a fantastic season for Jonas Gustafsson. Or sorry, Jonas, he's not the monster. It's <laughs> Philip Gustafsson. Yep. Um, and, you know, I was really impressed with him, but you've still got Fleury under contract with, for one more year, which makes a lot yep. of sense. Is Gustafsson going to be more in the two years range? That would take him right to UFA. Three years, you buy a year at UFA. Like you mentioned earlier, Jesper Wallstad, he's probably one year away from being an NHL goaltender, which times out very well for the Wild. But Gustafsson's yeah. contracts, where's this going to head to? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm just really interested to find out here because I don't think they'd like to bring him to two years. I think they want to do one or three. Now, maybe on July 6th, they uh, they they elect club arbitration for the second time in a couple of years. They did that with Kevin Fiala um, a couple of years back, and then you know that that led to a trade a year later. Um, it always it, leads to a trade. Yeah, and and that's what I'm you know that would be the only surprising thing that to me could happen at the draft. You know, Bill Guerin, there's a max number they can go because of their really tight cap situation, and so there's not a lot of wiggle room here. And we all know that the last time a goaltender played hardball in a negotiation with Bill Garrett, he traded him, and that was Cam Talbot. Yep. You know, I mean, there was Cam Talbot wanted, ex, you know, essentially it came down to when they extended Mark Andre Fleury, Cam Talbot going into the last year of his deal wanted an extension, had a little more money too, and Bill Garrett flipped. And so I just wonder how much um, patience Bill Garrett will have here, because right now the fact that Philip is not done. Is really affecting the rest of their summer. They they just you know it's it's there's really not a pressure point yet, but it's keeping them from negotiating really or at least signing some of their other RFAs. Ah, uh, it's uh, one of my favorite memes going on the internet. Bleep around and find out. Uh, <laughs> that's certainly some of the uh, the sense I get when it comes to dealing with Bill Guerin. Uh, Mike, you, you know you did talk about Kalen Addison and and Brandon Duhame. Uh, one guy you didn't mention is Marco Rossi. What's going on there, and what's the latest? Yeah, um, I'll, tell you, I'll give him credit. Uh, you know, this guy wants to be a full-time NHLer. He loves, he loves. trust me, I visited him last year in his hometown of Austria. He was essentially my Uber driver for a couple of days, and he loves what being there. What a boondoggle trip that was. Yeah, I know. I hope it was, you tipped it was, him. It was a tough one. Um, so, <laughs> you know, Rossi, like, the big thing with him is that he loves being at home, loves training at home, has a good group that he trains with. But he realized right away when Bill Guerin said, we'd really like you to, to stay here this summer, get stronger, skate with some skating coaches, work out. He came back, and he is now here. He's at TRIA every single day working out. And I think that they – I find it right now highly unlikely that they're going to trade him next week. Unless there's some sort of trade that they look at and somebody offers them maybe a first-round pick or a top prospect that they say, you know what, let's start over, and maybe that – the player sitting there in the first round is better. I just think they're going to give Rossi a chance. Um, Joe Smith, my colleague here at The Athletic, did a really good story the other day on Rossi where he sat down with him, but he also pointed out the real a real comparison with Martin St. Louis and his early days in the AHL and then his first 20-something games in the NHL and how very, um, you know, uh, compar- the comparison with their numbers are striking. And he pointed out that you bet Calgary regrets not giving him a chance and giving up on him. And I think that's the one thing here. This is an organization that for two decades has not had centers, a uh, top center. And they, to me, to draft this guy to be a top six center 
and then to give up on him in two years when he also missed a full year because of myocarditis. I just think it would be a little bit short-sighted, and I do think that they want to give him a little more uh, patience to see if he can develop. And, um, you know, look, there's pressure with Jarvis and Lundell and and um, and uh, uh, having a, a brain cramp, um, Perfetti, um, as three guys that went right after him in that draft, as sent, uh, you know, performing in the NHL, I think there's a little bit of pressure on the organization to try to make this work. Uh, last one for me, and I'm really curious, given the – market and and the opportunity that may be there. We always talk about how difficult it is to acquire a center. And look, I know that the wild have downplayed the idea that they really need a vast upgrade there. I still look at this team on paper and say, that's their big hole. If you've got guys like Lindholm and probably unlikely given he's in Winnipeg, Dubois and some others that are available this summer, could you see the Wild moving some money around to make a play for one of these guys? I don't think how they – I don't – like, you know, like one name I'm panning about right lately is Shifley. But the problem is, like, how much are you willing to give up for somebody that has one year left on his deal and you might not be able to afford on an extension anyway? And so I don't disagree with you. I mean, trust me, I've covered this team for 18 years. They have not had a number one center. It's, I think, their biggest, biggest thing that's, allowed, that's keeping them from getting that next level – I've covered this league for 28 years. I've never seen a team that's won a cup that didn't have not only one great center, but two or three. Or like you look at what just happened in in in, uh, in Vegas, and most of them are homegrown too. Other than Ryan O'Reilly and Jack Eichel, like I look at all the centers, and they're all homegrown. So I don't know what they do in the situation with the lack of cap. It. I might just have to be that they bide their time for two more years and deal with this. Um, but it's a huge issue. It just is. Um, you know, their their centers need to be upgraded and that's been a uh, you know 23 year trend here in minnesota yeah no doubt and i know that fans in minnesota have been antsy they're not only looking for a center but looking for playoff series wins to see this team take a step forward I, i've just been preaching perspective given the dead cap hits and given all that's gone on with you know the fact that they're having a hundred plus point season in the middle of all this i think to me is uh, is a credit to what they're building there for the other side of that but Michael Russo, thank you so much for your perspective. As usual, fantastic. You know where to find him on theathletic.com. You know him. You love him. Take care. We'll see you in Nashville, Mike. Yep. See you, Frank. See you, Mike. All right, Mike, time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. If you're watching on the YouTube stream, throw it in the chat. Hashtag AskDFO. We'll see if we can get to it quickly here. Uh, Zach asks, uh, with the weak UFA market at center, does that make the trade market richer? A la Scott, Lar- Scott Lawton from the Philadelphia Flyers, rumored to get a first-round pick for a essentially what is a bottom six center. And I agree with the assessment. I do think... Scott Lawton is the perfect third-line center. Uh, what do you think, Mike? Well, that's you hit on it. He's a perfect third-line center. So if you're in the market for a number one or two, it's pretty finite, man. Like even JT Comfer, who's probably the top UFA free he's agent, a two. is a two at best, right? Ryan O'Reilly is still a two, I would say. So yeah, I mean, if you need a big dog to run number one for you, you're kind of looking at Dubois and Dubois and Shifley, maybe. And Lindholm. You know, and, and Lindholm is there, true, right? This is actually, you know. that's what I was getting at with Russo. It's actually a pretty decent year. It's going to be expensive, but there's at least right. guys available that you could, you know, wedge into that category as a number one. And that's where I think the trade market is really where you're looking. It, it just seems like everything's going that direction. 
Yeah, I think Zach is right on the ball. Uh, Barra, we he mentioned Lindholm uh, going to Colorado. Is that an actual possibility or just a rumor? I think everything's on the table for the Abs. So too. Um, look, they will probably want to be pretty aggressive, especially with Landis Cog out and that money. Um, will Tyler Toffoli to the Rangers happen? That comes from Owen. Who could be interested in Tyler Toffoli? Uh, anybody that needs a right winger. So, yeah. I mean, think about the Rangers. They picked up Tarasenko and Kane last year. Obviously, there's a need on that side. Um, I think the Detroit Red Wings could easily be in the mix there as well. Um, they're still going to be looking for probably a little bit of help up front. And and those teams are all good enough that they could slide into playoffs, which to me is kind of what I think Toffoli's looking for here, Frank, wouldn't you think? I doubt it happens. It's borderline sacrilegious. But in terms of a stylistic and cap hit fit, what about the Edmonton Oilers? Edmonton Oilers. Oh, it's sexy. It's so sexy. It's so evil to, to even tease. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry, Oilers fans. I don't, I don't see it. But I guess really, if you're looking at it from Craig Conroy's perspective, A, it's about value, and B, it's also about the direction of your team and what's next. For a Flames team that has refused to rebuild over the last 15, 20 years, they might be forced into one. And so maybe if that's the case and you're essentially waving the white flag and saying you're not going to be competitive next year, you take the best deal you can get. And if that happens to be just up highway two, then that's what ends up happening. I don't know. Let's get to garbage time. Thanks to everyone who threw in some uh, questions in the chat. Uh, Mike, what do you got? Well, you know, I've had a tough time here with the Arizona Coyotes not being able to get arenas and here in all these different cities that Did might you say be arenas plural. Sorry, I missed that. Yeah, dude, sorry. they need like five. They've, they've yeah. none of them seem to be working. So, <laughs> um, here's the long and short of it. Houston, yeah, that's a nice place. Quebec City, boy, I'd love a team there, but I hate. I can't stand it because I'm not a big fan of Utah, but I am really starting to warm up to Salt Lake City as an NHL place, and especially after um, seeing some of the quotes that came out yesterday in, um, in The Athletic with Pierre Lebrun that Ryan Smith had. He's 45 years old. He's the owner of the Utah Jazz. He's got money in a, in a football team as well. That's soccer. Um, he's got more money than Davy Crockett. And you look at the Jazz, they've sold out. They sold out 240 games in a row. That's a market that's starving for more in-person sports entertainment and it's the youngest state in the nation it's fastest growing there's probably some reasons for that but yeah i'm starting to see that especially if they can get a new arena built there because if you see here it's still a three-quarter size basketball arena right there would be obstructed yeah. viewing if the nhl came but they could get by for a couple of years with that yeah. until they got a new arena built for the jazz and for a hockey team this one was built in 1991 so they're kind of knocking on the door of that it fits. It's a winter marketplace. It just, it's starting to make sense to me. I may not like that, but boy, the cards look pretty good there in Salt Lake. I, I'm with you. It's definitely on the NHL's radar. My take is that I don't think the NHL should be the first pro sports league in North America to expand to 34. I think at some point you begin to water down the talent in your league. And I get the dollar signs. I get everyone wants to put an extra 35 million bucks in their pocket for just agreeing to go along with it. That's what owners would get. But to me, um, not right now, I guess would be my yeah. answer. And uh, that'll do it for today's Daily Face-Off Live on the way out. Just wanted to wish a happy birthday to my son, Christian. Nine candles on the cake this year. Amazing happy outfit. birthday, Christian. Uh, so much happening in the hockey world. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis this weekend. We'll be live in Nashville on Monday. We'll talk to you 12 noon Eastern. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Have a great weekend, everyone. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Face-Off Playoff Parlay Challenge, and let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.